Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. Dish, trusted and innovation solution basketball training machines. Check out their revolutionary skill building program at drdishbasketball.com. Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Today's guest, Cody Topper, joins the show. Memphis Tigers assistant coach, men's basketball this Christmas Eve. We talk hoops, life. Let's dive right in with my man, Topper. So welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano, here with my man of the hour, Cody Topper. Cody, what's up? Hey, what's good, brother? So glad to be back on, man. How's everything? Oh, everything is great. Truly blessed. Um, you know, it's always it's always a pleasure having uh, having you on the show, so thank you. Uh, my, my pleasure. I enjoy doing it. It's a lot of fun. Um, let's dive right in, man. Uh, so... Can you give the listeners a little insight of how great and how much fun you're having coaching the number nine team in the nation, um, the Memphis Tigers? Oh, man, it's uh, it's been a true blessing, right? I mean, I didn't even know Penny Hardaway. I didn't know Mike Miller. I didn't know anybody associated with the Memphis Tigers, you know, about six months ago. And here we are now and in the Christmas break, you know, uh, you know, with the nine and one record and, and ranked ninth in the country. So I think we feel really good about kind of what we've done. Actually, I'm sorry, 10 and one record now, but we feel really good about what we've done here in the first 11 games. And, you know, we have the potential to do something real special down the road, but what we really have is just a special atmosphere around everything we're doing just every day, the practices, the environment. Um, it's, it's something that's pretty unique and I'm just really blessed to be a part of it. Cool, man. I love that. Hey, can you uh, give my listeners, since I'm here from San Diego anyways, uh, Boogie Ellis from San Diego, went to Mission Bay High School. Uh, man, he, he, looking, he looks good as a freshman out there. Uh, what do you think of him? You know, I mean, we dropped him into the deep end to see if he could swim, and, and uh, he's had some really, really good games. He's trying to find his footing from a consistency standpoint, but my goodness, what a talented kid. His future is so bright, and it's going to be unbelievable to be a part of his journey and his ride here. Um, and to this point right now, I'd say it's been a big success. I mean, obviously everybody comes in and they really want to knock it out of the park, averaging 20-something points and this and that. But the real thing is is that, you know, during the glimpses where we've really seen him being at his best, uh, he's shown that he's going to be an elite prospect. He's going to have a guy, you know, beat guys on NBA radar uh, sooner rather than later. And for him, it's all about just staying true to the process, continue to work on his game, continue to develop his body, which I know he'll do because he's the guy that we got to kick out of the gym. I got to use the term load management at him. I'm like, dude, load management. You need to go chill for a little bit. I mean, this guy will get, you know, three, four workouts in a day. I'm like, man, you're going to overdo it here. We need you to be ready for the game tomorrow. He's just so focused on improvement and uh, something that I really love about him. So he's going to be a special guy. Wow. That's really cool, man, to hear that. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Um, how is, uh, how's working with Penny? I mean, uh, 
you know, he 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 put a he put an awesome group of boys um, on a team together um, and did some great recruiting. Got you. Um, how is it working with that with that guy? You know, it's unbelievable. I mean, he. You know, it's, it's funny. I get <laughs> I get the call and it's hey hey. You know, it's Penny Hardaway here. Just like to know if you want to you know talk about a spot on my staff and everybody you sit there and you're like uh, yeah okay is this really Penny Hardaway? Somebody playing a joke on me, right? But <laughs> right. the one thing. The one thing you realize really quickly about him is just that he has no ego. Um, for a guy who's accomplished so many things, who's a cultural icon, you know, from shoes to fashion to all of this type of stuff, who was a first-team All-NBA, multiple-time All-Star, really somebody who transcended a position. I mean, you could argue that before the injuries derailed his career there, he was on track to be, you know, one of the greatest point guards, certainly up there in that Magic Johnson category in terms of guys with size that were have playmaking ability, uh, you know, ever play the game. And so, you know, to be around him every day and just see how much he cares about other people, to me that's something that really strikes home because here's a guy who made, you know, $300 million playing basketball and, you know, he could definitely, you know, you know, act like the world revolves around him, but instead he's just so focused on serving other people. And, and to me that's what uh, makes what we've got going on in Memphis really that, that much more special. Wow, that's really cool, man. You're right. When you're worth that much money, sometimes you could just sit and chill and and have people wait on you because you're the shit. And he's over exactly. here giving back. He's giving back, and that's really cool. That's awesome. Exactly. exactly. Um, uh, dealing with Penny, you know, uh, your boy uh, James um, Wiseman, um, obviously, Penny. Uh, I guess I guess got a slap on the wrist, you know considering he was like a booster right because he gave his family about eleven thousand dollars to move uh move down to i believe what is it to memphis yeah and um yeah so so the way kind of the way the way everything happened right when, when penny was a high school coach uh well number one penny was a university of memphis player went on made made a lot of money and so donated you know seven million dollars to build a building on campus which is really what you're supposed to do when you go out and be successful right right so you know, and, and I guess the NCA, who had all the information originally, um, decided to revisit this information. They didn't get any new information and then ruled James ineligible, having already understood that, you know, Penny had built this building. And when he was a high school coach, he helped James's family move to Memphis. Um, none of those things are illegal uh, in nature whatsoever. And, uh, you know, Penny's a guy who's been giving back to the community of Memphis and to uh, underprivileged, underprivileged kids. Uh, for decades now at this point. Um, and so, you know, this was no different. And uh, just so happens that, you know, for whatever, three, four years later, you know, now he's the head coach at the University of Memphis. And, of course, you know, James joining our program. Now, again, the NCA had all the information, rendered him eligible, and then decided to reopen the case and go back and, for whatever reason, change their minds, which to me was, uh, you know, suspect at best. But uh, definitely uh, was a tough situation for all of us, especially James, who didn't do anything and, and technically didn't take any money himself. Obviously, it was his mother. But, um, you know, we're all we're all just, uh, you know, we worked through that. And, and now we're just wishing James the best. Right. And let me ask you this. Do you blame the NCAA for this and how their ups and downs with, with uh, ruling kids ineligible and, and uh, you know, that kind of BS for one and then two or do you blame the NBA because they came with that whole well you got to play one year of college then you can get into the league where probably at a high school this guy would have went straight into the league anyways 
who do you really blame on that? Or is it a mixture of both NBA and NCAA? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any reason to force somebody to go to college. That's one thing. Um, you know, I think that's pretty simple to me. And then when it comes to the NCAA, I think that uh, the inconsistency with the way that they enforce their rules to me is uh, laughable at best. <laughs> um, you know, the the college basketball at its deepest levels tends to serve uh, the NCAA organization, uh, tends to serve the universities, uh, and it tends to serve the coaches more than it serves the players. And that is with you know, when you when you look at it and consider how much revenue is being generated and how much money is being paid out, and then you look at, you know, you've got recruiting violations committed by coaches who are still coaching, right? That makes no sense to me. You've got guys on tape. Obviously, there are guys who are serving time in jail and, and things of this nature, right? And so it's just so interesting to see how, you know, certain guys are getting caught, certain guys aren't getting caught, certain players are being held accountable, certain players aren't being held accountable. Um, and so I just really don't understand the inconsistency. The inconsistency is what opens the NCAA up to just, you know, obscene amounts of criticism. And uh, to me, uh, if the NCAA hadn't ruled James ineligible, he'd still be playing for the University of Memphis. And uh, it's difficult for anybody to sit out and not be a part of the team. And, you know, of course, it's one of those things where there's so much money involved uh, at the NBA level and whatnot that, uh, you know, people are starting to look at it and say, hey, like, you know, what if you get hurt and all this type of thing. And so... You know, all of a sudden it digresses, and you know James uh, obviously makes the decision to, you know, forego the remainder of his college career and into the NBA draft. Which again, we wish him the best because we knew he was going to be on campus for no more than a couple, couple months additional. Um, I mean, he's a heck of a student. I'll tell you that much. This guy's darn near a 4.0 student. Great kid, hard worker, has all the intangibles that it's going to take. And it's just uh, unfortunate that we're not going to see him uh, playing college basketball, and we're not going to see him being a part of our group. Yeah. Well, you know, he was, he was, um, he had a 12 game suspension. He was serving it, but then he decided to just walk away and, and get ready for the draft. Is, is that because he, he was getting, uh, people were, I guess, chirping in his ears, telling him, what if you do get hurt? And that's probably why he walked away. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, everybody's got their own agenda on the outside, and you can imagine um, how many agents or, you know, people of all different walks of life here are just trying to uh, kind of come into his life and, and get involved and ultimately sign him, and everybody's got their own uh, opinion and different agendas, right? And so it's hard for him being an 18-year-old kid to figure all this stuff out and navigate it. Very, very difficult, certainly not easy. And, uh, you know, then... You know, of course, you look and you see, okay, you know, uh, Cole Anthony goes down, he's injured. I mean, is that going to affect his draft stock? Um, LaMelo Ball, RJ Hampton, all these guys, they're injured currently sitting out. You know, is that going to hurt their draft stock? You know, I don't know. But uh, from what everybody's kind of told me, you know, nobody's really got a runway here to the number one pick. So there's still a lot of time left for, for people to establish themselves, right? And now, unfortunately for all the fans out there, um, I think Anthony Edwards is the only one who's who's uh, proven himself on the court. Everybody else is going to do it, uh, try to do it in draft workouts. Okay, I, I mean I get that. I mean I, I mean you guys are already doing well without him. I mean I you know obviously would rather him have stayed for you guys and and see you guys um, you know accomplish your guys' goals. But I mean nevertheless, I mean you know things happen in life. Um, 
What do you? How do you think it's gonna go with uh, players uh, gonna be getting paid? Yeah, um, I mean, I think it's gonna that? be. Yeah, I. Uh... <laughs> you know, figuring out the, the right way to make it happen, I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, you know, I'm not in charge of, obviously, the details in, in terms of how, who gets what, and all that type of stuff. You know, I think that, the, you know, the uh, free market will tend to dictate what the value is for, for these guys or, you know, and all that stuff. But I certainly don't mind them having enough money to, you know, you know, do, do so, do a few things, right? Just, I mean, a lot of these guys are coming from very difficult socioeconomic backgrounds. Yep. And it's one, and, and we're not asking to, for these kids to be able to make millions at this point. I mean, heck, if they dot the I's and cross the T's, perhaps, you know, some of them will, will make millions. But at the very least, uh, some of them, this could be the, the brightest that the lights shine on them, right? And so if they can make a little money and help out their parents, help out their siblings, you know, be able to afford to fly their family members to their games. I mean, if they can do this type of stuff, I think uh, that that that's a success for for the program in terms of you know paying these paying these players because I don't think that's a lot to ask, uh, especially considering the product that they're putting out on the court. And so, I'm looking forward to it because I think that that will definitely clear up some stuff and. You've got some guys who could be coming from very difficult backgrounds. I mean, there's a level of desperation. It's like you say, yeah, well, you've made it this far. All you got to do is make it another six, eight months, 12 months, 16 months, and you'll be in the NBA, and, and you won't have another care in the world. But, you know, for some of those people, it's all about, what you know, what's, what, where's the next meal coming from? Where's tonight's meal coming from? You know, so if, if these guys are um, talented enough to generate revenue and, they can get a, a share of that in some particular fashion. I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. No, I I, I completely agree. I mean, I, I mean, uh, NCAA, uh, you know, athletics, whether it's football or basketball. I mean, you're you're making multi million dollars. It's multi million dollar business. I mean, yeah, I, I think they should get paid. I mean, I remember my brother playing Division two basketball, and my parents were broke too. This guy was when I went to go visit him. He was living on top ramen, yep. and, and here I am, you know, at twenty one, and he's a senior in college. I'm just coming off of two back surgeries by then, but at least I had a job and money in my pocket. So I'm over here feeding my older brother, cause I felt bad. I was like, "Bro, you want to go get a burrito?" And he was like, "Oh, I got. I mean, I got top ramen. I ain't got no money." Like. Wow, mm-hmm. like and that sucks. Classic. Yeah, you know. Yep. So I I get it. I I think they should get paid. Um, how do you feel about Zion, really quick? You know, I mean, here he is, a, a phenom. Obviously, he gets hurt at Duke, um, misses out um quite a few games. Now he's in the NBA. He hasn't played one game, unfortunately, um, in the regular season because he got hurt again. Um, how do you feel about that? What do you think? You know, I, I don't have the details on it, right? But just from the outside, I mean, I feel bad for the kid. I feel bad for the for the bat for you know for basketball in general. I feel bad for the Pelicans organization, for the front office, for the coaching staff, for the training staff, for everybody, right? Because what they want to do is they want to see this kid out on, on the court, just like all of us do. And uh, you know, so anytime someone gets injured, 
certainly a big concern. And I think for Zion, the question becomes, you know, he's such a big, big guy, right? Just there's a lot of pounding that goes on and, you know, whether or not he's going to be someone who this becomes something we see more of, right? Injury prone. I mean, I, I hope that that's not the case and that this is just an anomaly and he's able to get everything squared away and figure out, you know, from a physicality standpoint, what's the appropriate weight to carry and how he can change his habits, you know, whatever, you know, corrective exercises he can do to, to, to help correct any sort of imbalances that may lead to injury. I hope that he's able to take care of all those things because, you know, we just want to see him out playing basketball. And I know he wants to be out there with his teammates and, you know, it's another tough situation, right? So, but uh, hopefully we'll get to see him at some point this year. I saw he's back out there kind of shooting around a little bit. Hopefully he's doing some practice stuff and not, not, not long from now we'll, we'll get to watch him uh, lace him up again. Okay, yeah. Um, before I let you go, because I know you got to go, um, do you miss the NBA? Is your goal to get back there, or are you content with what you're doing, sir? Yeah, I'm 100% content right now. I'm really enjoying working with these kids. Uh, you know, the kind of the difference between NBA and college right now at this point is, you know, uh, the, the joke is in the NBA it's uh, 35 practices to 100 games. And in college, it's 35 games and 100 practices, which is great because you get to really hone in on the development aspect. And I just love where I'm at right now. But, uh, again, the game of basketball has taken me on a very interesting and wonderful journey, you know, whether it's all across the world, to different countries, to prep school, to the G League, to the NBA, and now to college. Yeah, um, super You know, I'm just kind of, you know, it's just one of those things I go where the ball bounces. And uh, we'll see where that takes us uh, next. But... You know, for the foreseeable future, uh, it's go Tigers, go in my household. Yeah, I love that, bro. I love it, man. <laughs> well, in a in a nutshell, brother, uh, thank you for being on my show. Merry Christmas! And at that point, we are out. Thank you for dropping down. Out. Happy holidays. Thank you.